Hi, I'm Carly Agar, and after 10 years of building my own career in the field, I'm now an award-winning career coach for current and aspiring customer success pros. And this is the first customer success podcast that gives you easy-to-apply strategies and tips to help you score your dream job, secure your next big promotion, or become the top performer on your team. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of career growth hacks to not only explore what's possible for you in your career, but help you decide where you want to go. And of course, give you all the steps to get there. Welcome to the Customer Success Career Coach Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Customer Success Career Coach. If you're new to the show, welcome and thank you so much for being here. And if you are not joining for the first time, thank you for coming back. I've been having some awesome conversations with you all over an email on LinkedIn. It's just been so, so much fun to get your thoughts on the episodes and just been starting some really awesome conversations. So thank you for coming back. Today's episode is all about networking. So if you're trying to work out if networking is the right approach for your job search, stay tuned. So this question has been coming up in my LinkedIn messages more and more recently. People are reaching out and asking me if I think networking as a job search tool or method is dead. If I think it used to work but no longer does. I've also heard there's an uptick in thought leadership good old interwebs saying that networking doesn't work, it's a scam, blah, blah, blah. So I thought I'd just dedicate an entire episode to this topic. So my promise is that you'll walk away from this episode with enough data to make an informed decision on whether or not you want to use networking as a tool in your own job search. Before we get into the weeds of things, I do just want to spend a minute talking about how I define networking. Networking has become a bit of a buzzword, especially in the customer success world in the last, I would say, two years, where you're hearing it pop up more and more often, more people are talking about it, no one ever really defines what they mean by it. So I just want to be super clear how I define networking so that you know exactly what I mean when I say the word. So at Carly Agar Training, we define networking as the actions you take as a job seeker, leveraging people or relationships to move your job search forward. So when I say networking, I'm talking about a broad approach that leverages people and relationships to help you get where you're going. Networking to me is not just getting referrals from friends and family. Networking to me is not just direct messaging recruiters on LinkedIn. That is a part of networking, but that does not define networking. So I promised with this episode, I would leave you with lots of data so that you can decide whether or not you want to use networking as your approach. 
Or if you are currently using networking, then this data, maybe it will help you decide like, yes, I'm going to keep networking or maybe it'll change your mind and you'll say, you know what, I am not going to keep networking. But either way, you should leave here feeling really informed about that decision. So one thing you should know about me is I spent my entire career in data. I spent part of my career analyzing the effectiveness of advertisements, analyzing websites, analyzing digital products, apps, analyzing funnels. I've spent the last 12 years essentially teaching different people, whether they're product managers, e-commerce managers, ad buyers, so many different personas how to use data to make decisions. So data is ingrained in me at this point. I consider it part of my DNA, especially when it comes to my work. And data is also something that I take very seriously. I don't recommend my clients do anything unless I have data to back it up and prove not only that it works, but that it's the best, most effective route. And I think this is because I've spent so many years showing people, again, in different roles, how using data is the safest way to make decisions. And when you don't use data, the opposite is also true. When you're making decisions without data to back up those decisions, you're always taking a risk. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that every single decision you make has to be based off of data. There's always going to be some risk associated with the things that you do. But when it comes to something coaching and owning a coaching practice, I take data very, very seriously because my job is essentially to teach people and I'm not going to teach you something unless I know that it works. So you should know that in my business, I collect a lot of data. We look at things, the speed to hire, how quickly do our clients get job offers before they started working with us. And once they started working with us, our clients interview conversion rates going up, meaning for the number of applications they put out, are they getting more interviews? We look at the difference in salary before working with us and after working with us, everything. And we're always adding more data to our checklist. One thing we've always collected is as soon as someone in our program accepts a job offer, we ask them how they got that initial interview. Maybe that's a little dramatic because when a client gets a job offer, the real first thing we do is congratulate them. <laughs> but then very quickly we say, we need some data. Can you tell us for this company that you just got and accepted a job offer from, how did you get the first interview? So I've been doing this as long as I've been a coach. In 2022, 98% of our clients' job offers resulted from networking. So in other words, upon asking my clients who have just accepted a job offer, 
hey, how'd you get that first interview with this company you're going to be joining? 98% of them said networking. In 2023, 96% of our clients' job offers resulted from networking. And so you know this data is statistically significant. This is representative of hundreds of job seekers. So it's not 10, 20, 50 people. It's hundreds. So what you should take away from this is over the last two years, where the customer success job market has been more competitive than ever before, in a sample of over 500 job seekers, an average of 97% of them attributed their new jobs to networking. Now, I am not a financial advisor. I am barely, barely a novice investor. But I do know that there are different risk levels you can claim when you decide to invest your money. And perhaps you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can basically say, hey, I'm okay with high risk investing. I'm okay with a high risk strategy. In other words, I'm saying I accept that I might lose all my money for the small chance that I might also make a lot of money. You can also invest in a low-risk strategy, which is basically saying I accept that by going with this low-risk strategy, I'm probably not going to make a boatload of money, but I'd rather know that my money isn't just going to disappear. There's really not a chance that that's going to happen. Given this data I just shared about networking, I would say that investing your time as a job seeker in networking is the low-risk investment strategy. You pretty much know it's going to pay off. It might not be the sexy, edgy, cool, new investment strategy, but it works. Anything else you see or hear about that doesn't have this same data backing it up is a high-risk investment strategy. And maybe you're okay with that, but at least be informed about what you're investing your time and energy into. Now that we've talked objectively about networking and its effectiveness, I'm also going to share my subjective reasons for why I support networking and why this is something that I advocate for all the time, why this is the strategy that I have chosen for my clients. So I've given you the data. You can interpret that however you want, make whatever decision you want from that data. And now I'm going to share the truth behind why I subjectively love networking. So putting the data aside. The number one reason is in a job market flooded with really talented people, I love that the connections you create, the relationships you form, the impressions you make through networking gives you something else besides just a piece of paper to represent you. 
Not only does networking and having these conversations and creating these connections humanize you, but it just gives you another leg to stand on in this really difficult fight that is landing a job. At the end of the day, what I want you to understand and what I firmly believe is even the most perfect resume, even if you spent $5,000 on this resume and you've had the tippy, tippy top, most professional resume writer write your resume, at the end of the day, it's still just a resume. And in a pile of thousands of resumes, it's still just a piece of paper. So if you choose to rely only on your resume, you're basically saying, yes, I will totally leave my chances of getting an interview up to chance. I'm a gambler. I'm very lucky. I'm totally fine with that. I am choosing to do nothing else to try to control the outcome of my job search. That's how I feel. I hope you're loving today's episode. I'm interrupting for just a few seconds here. If you are actively looking for a job in customer success or plan to start looking in the near future, please listen up. Today's job market is unlike any job market you've had to navigate before. It is flooded with talented job seekers like yourself, and there just aren't enough jobs in customer success to go around. What that means for you is you must adapt your job search strategy to the current market. You'll need a plan to stand out and get interviews. And then you've got to be at the top of your game when it comes to your interview skills. If you want to be the last one standing who gets the offer at the end of the day. My team and I have now helped well over 450 people land jobs in customer success. And let me tell you, you do not want to navigate this crazy job market by yourself, especially if you want to land a job quickly. Head on over to carlyagar.com forward slash apply to inquire about one-on-one coaching. Spots fill up very quickly, so don't wait. It's totally free to apply. I will also leave the link to apply in today's show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Reason number two why I love networking. So networking makes you a better interviewer, period. I have so many messages from clients, both career transitioners and experienced CSMs, saying things like, wow, learning how to talk about myself in a networking setting has made interviewing so much easier. Networking teaches you how to use customer success lingo, especially if you're new to customer success. It teaches you how to be succinct in your communication, which is great for those of you who tend to ramble in your interviews. It teaches you how to be very strategic in what you highlight about your experience which is great for those of you who aren't sure which one, two, or three things makes you stand out. Networking gets you in the mindset of just talking to strangers, taking the pressure off, 
having interviews where ultimately what you're doing is talking to strangers. So I love that not only does it directly correlate with getting interviews, it also helps with that next big challenge in the job search, which is actually performing well in those interviews. And I'm all about efficiency. So if I'm going to kill two birds, I'm doing it with one stone. The number three reason why I love networking personally is if you get really good at networking, like I said, not only will it help you get interviews and help you become a better interviewer, but it can actually become the reason you get a job offer. Let me explain. So as customer success managers, something we're all working towards within our books of business is developing champions or advocates. You've heard this before. These are the people within our accounts who are not only super users of our product or our service at their own company, but they also have, you know, maybe some internal influence. They're not afraid to speak up and say, I love this product. You should totally use it. And we all agree as customer success professionals that having those champions in place can be super beneficial for driving adoption of our product, for getting buy-in, for renewals, for expansions, et cetera, et cetera. So we can all agree that having champions or advocates inside an organization helps us achieve our goals or our objectives. And we can model this exact same approach in our job search. I have countless examples of this, but let me share one story with you. So this was a client that I worked with about a year and a half ago, and she was a teacher transitioning to ed tech. She told me early, early on in us working together, actually might have been before we even started working together, that she wanted to work at this one particular ed tech company, which I'll just say is up there in the top five most popular ed tech companies. Every teacher transitioning to ed tech has this company on their list. So it's very popular, which means there's a lot of competition, there's a lot of people applying when they open roles. So she came on to work with us and she used one of our networking methods where we leverage video to get in front of a decision maker. In this instance, it was the VP of customer success at the EdTech company. And because of that video, she got an interview, which is already a huge win. I don't want to just gloss over that. The fact that she got an interview at this company is already huge. Early in her interview process, the recruiter told her, he said, what's crazy is we typically don't interview applicants unless they were an employee referral because we get so many employee referrals that we just have pretty much decided we're only going to prioritize those candidates first. And because we get so many, it's very, very, very rare that we even look to people that were not employee referrals. And he said, but we made an exception for you because our VP of customer success basically told us we had to <laughs> because she was so impressed by your video. 
So again, this is also huge in just getting through that first challenge of the job search, which is standing out enough to get an interview. So it's already done a lot for her at this point. Then, you know, I'm working with her. We're prepping for every single interview round that she had. I think there were four or five rounds. In every single interview that she had, whomever was interviewing her didn't matter if it was the VP, the director, a manager, a cross-functional colleague. Every single interview she had, they brought up the video. And I think you can probably guess where this story is headed, but when the recruiter ultimately called her to give her the offer, he said, I can't emphasize enough how big of an impact your video had on our VP. Initially, it was the reason you got an interview, which I already told you. But what I didn't tell you is that she was really championing you the whole time, which is incredibly unusual. That's insane to me. Mind-blowing. So not only will networking help you stand out, improve your interview skills, but it can also help you create champions that will literally advocate for you until you get an offer. And I'm only sharing this one story. I have so many examples of this almost exact same scenario where once my client gets an offer, the recruiter or whomever sends them the offer will say something. By the way, I didn't want to tell you this earlier, but so-and-so has been championing for you, has been advocating for you, is a huge fan of you, has been rooting for you this whole time because you networked with them prior to even starting this process. So going back to what I was saying earlier, it's funny to me because we as CSMs know the power of champions and the power of advocacy, and yet some of us still <laughs> choose to just rely on a piece of paper. And that piece of paper is not going to be your champion. It is not going to be your advocate. The only real way to create champions and advocates in your job search is by networking. All righty, moving on to reason number four, why I am personally an advocate for networking. So reason number four is probably not something you've ever thought about, and it has a lot to do with mindset. So I want to take a few steps back before I get into reason number four. What you need to understand is the number one reason why any job search fails, whether it's in customer success, outside of customer success, is simply because people give up, plain and simple. So as a coach and creator of a program that is quite literally meant to help people with their job searches, I consider part of my job to be preventing people from quitting, especially when things get tough. And typically, the reason people give up in a job search is because they've lost hope. They no longer believe that this thing, this job is possible for them. And if you're feeling that way, it's usually because you're not seeing progress. You're not feeling any momentum to keep you going. This is, of course, true in other aspects of life. 
and other things that we might give up on. It's usually because we've lost hope. And we usually lose hope because we're not feeling progress. We're not seeing that momentum. So it's important that throughout your job search, if success is what you're working towards, you must feel momentum throughout your search. Otherwise, you're more likely to give up and quit. So how does networking play into momentum? What am I really trying to say here? Well, to put it simply, networking gives you more opportunities to create momentum. I'll break this down for you. If you aren't using networking as a tool in your job search, that's not your strategy. Let's just say you're using the spray and pray strategy of getting a job, which is I'm just putting my resume out there. I'm applying to hundreds and thousands of jobs. I'm doing it in the fastest, lowest effort way possible. If that is your approach to getting an interview, your only goal is getting an interview. The only barometer of success for you when deploying a spray and pray strategy is, did I get an interview? That's it. Yes or no. When you use other strategies or other tools like networking as part of your job search, you can now have multiple goals. So you might have a goal of get someone to respond to me this week or get five people to respond to me this week. Get someone not only to respond to me, but also agree to get on a call with me. Now I'm getting better at networking. Now my goals are getting a little bit bigger, a little bit harder. Now my goal is not only to get people to respond to me and to get on calls with me, but my goal is now to get someone to refer me. If I'm using video as a networking tool, maybe one of my goals is, you know, I'm going to try to get three people to watch my video this week and so on and so forth. I think you see where I'm headed with this. When you have a different approach in your job search, when you use networking, you can have lots of little goals throughout the process. Anytime you achieve one of those teeny tiny goals, even if it's just someone responded to my networking outreach, that tiny win along the way to getting an interview is oftentimes the only thing that is going to keep you going in a process that is just riddled with rejection. So even though hearing it right now, you're like, uh, Carly, I don't really think it's a big deal that someone responded to my networking outreach, or I don't really think it's a big deal that someone agreed to get on a call with me or agreed to give me a referral when my goal is really to get an interview. I promise you when you're in the thick of your job search and you're not feeling good and that hope is starting to wither away, a tiny, tiny win getting someone on the phone with you is going to make a huge difference. It is going to keep you in the game much longer. And so going back to my point of this whole thing around mindset, 
the number four reason I personally am an advocate for networking is because it allows you to essentially trick your brain into feeling momentum. And feeling momentum means you're less likely to give up. So there you have it. I gave you, hopefully, some really good data around networking and its effectiveness and how it plays into a job search, specifically in customer success. So hopefully you're feeling armed to make a decision backed by data. And you've also gotten a chance to hear why I personally love networking as a strategy. Number one, I love that networking just gives you another leg to stand on. It gives you a little more control of your job search rather than just relying on a piece of paper. Number two, it will make you a better interviewer, which just makes your entire job search more efficient. Number three, it can actually become the catalyst for why you get the job offer, why you're selected over other candidates at the end of the day. If you're able to create champions and advocates within those prospective companies you're talking to. And number four, I love networking because it really can help with your mindset by giving you tiny little wins to help you feel that momentum, to keep you in the game, and to prevent you from quitting. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love today's episode, or if you want to continue the conversation, come hang out with me on LinkedIn. Connect with me, follow me, or message me over there. I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Carly dash Agar. And if you haven't already, don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next time.